Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you? I'm great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing fine. You sound good. I feel good. I just got back from a little uh, business trip, but I got to go to Colorado, so it was quite nice there. Still hot. Oh, did you, still did hot. you get weed? Did you get weed? Tons of weed. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get? Did you get baked? AF. Did you 420? 420 blaze it every every moment. <laughs> nice. I didn't wait for 420. I mean, I, 420 no. happens twice a day. You gotta, you know. Yeah, even a stop pot is right twice a day. But uh, I mean, I wish I could say I had a good time. I don't remember because I was bla- blazing it the whole time. You were blazing it twenty four seven. That's nice. Did you wake and bake? Wake and bake. I woke mm-hmm. and bake. I, I f- remember when you were talking to me about nugs. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so now I know <laughs> all about nugs. Um, uh-huh. Everything. Did you did you rip some sick bong hits? I I ri- I took some bong rips. Um, you know all of that. I did it did all. You va- did you vape on that stuff? I didn't do any vaping. No. Yeah, but I had, I did it. I did, I ate. I ate it. I ate, ate it, and it. Mm-hmm. I smoked it. Did and you I apply it as an oil to your knee? For my uh, uh, for your bursitis. Bursitis. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. And it helped. It helped. I slept great. And uh, well, I'm I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you did some business. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you, Dan. I I don't think. Apart from apart from episodes of this program, which we've done for 116 years, I think there's only a handful of episodes where you have really prepared ahead of time, and it's usually because we were both mad about something and wanted to talk about the same <laughs> yes, thing. Yes, you're right. In this case, I finally get to say to you, Dan, I like the ones where you prepare. I am prepared. I feel well. I, I don't know how far I'll go into the world to reinforce that I'm prepared. I have ideas of things that we could talk about. Ideas Some of them are a kind good. of preparation, Dan. Okay. Um, but I do have some amazing. ideas. Yeah. Oh, I, I see. I now I, hmm, I hate to say this, but I almost always prepare. I prepare. I spend more time than one would expect reading emails, deleting emails, reading other emails. Because <laughs> so, 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 emails are a kind of preparation as well. Here's the thing in Gmail. I mean, you know, you can hit uh, exclamation point to move it to spam, or you can just hit the uh, the Octothorpe to uh, to delete it. Right. So I finally went through and I, and I took out a lot of the uh, the suggestions. You know, Dan, we're now getting spam from people that I know. <laughs> three of the three of the spams that I deleted are for two of them were for apps that I use, and one of them is a person that I am acquainted with that I have been interviewed by. Really? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Does that mean that our spam is getting smarter, a higher quality it's, it's of spam? It's what Ray Kurzweil talked about. This is some great goo stuff. I think we're approaching the singularity. <laughs> um so i'm gonna quickly get one thing out of the way for me and then you are gonna drive this thing off the cliff thelma and louise like all, all by right. yourself. But i'll be in the seat next to you i'll have my seatbelt on i'll be all ready okay um i have one piece of self-promotion which is two cats comics meetup the ungainly x-men meetup is this thursday the 26th of july you come out to two cats comics 320 west portal avenue at 7 30 p.m pacific time you can come out at 10:30 Eastern time and uh and uh, we'll have our comics meet up and we'll talk about comics and we'll I'll probably I'll probably uh from from my box I'll probably uh order a whole bunch of Fantastics 4 and uh, sometimes we go and get a drink and it'll be nice. They got a new Supergirl there that's really cool, a new figure. Um there's lots of good stuff in trade right now. Anyhow, come out, say hi to me, meet the nice people who come, meet the nerds. You don't have to like comics. All you have to do is like be okay with being a person in a room. You don't even have to talk. You can just stand out to the side and look at the Funko Pops. Well, that's comics. I think it's great. Ladies and gentlemen, I now introduce to you the man that you have been waiting for, the man who has prepared for this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Dan Benjamin. Oh my God. Hi. 
No pressure. Hi. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm Robert Dan Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that, Robert. Yes. I, I, I should have picked a better name. Um, you have covered a lot of things. Can I, at the risk of uh, stepping on your nugs, mm-hmm. can I suggest a slight realignment of the order and yeah, I did. start the with order recommendations? Was, that was just a, as as you would say, you know, some uh, sort of suggestion. Yeah, that was that was one of those thought experiments where I just sort of dropped them out. There wasn't it, not a, an order wasn't necessarily implied. So if you if you could restructure them for me, that would be most appreciated. Dan, you have a couple of recommendations. You have a movie that you liked and a uh, TV series currently on HBO that you like. Why don't you tell me, do you want to start by telling me about a movie called The Qu- a, a, a Quiet Place? A Quiet Place. So I always, I love to watch a movie. Yeah, so we can talk really quietly about it. Uh, I like to watch a movie when I fly. That's That's the thing that I enjoy doing. And I had heard some things about this movie called A Quiet Place. This is, uh, I think it's even still in theaters, so I'm not sure... We watched it. On, I think we watched it on the iTunes. I got it on iTunes. It's it's directed by John Krasinski, who is well known for playing Jim on The Office, mm-hmm. and famous, it's famous handsome man. It stars him and also uh, his wife, a real life wife, Emily uh, Blunt. Uh, no, no connection to Colorado there. Just that's her name. And uh, and so they play a husband and wife. They have some kids, and they are. Um, you you don't know immediately why uh, when it starts out, but they must. And here's the description in the in the modern it's, horror. It, thriller, they drop you in in media res mostly. Yes, you're I've, kind I've, of on your own to figure out what's going. A on. A family of four must navigate their lives in silence after mysterious creatures that hunt by sound threaten their survival. If they hear you, they hunt you. Which is just like this show. This is how how we do the show. Call it catch and release. <clears throat> nice. Mm. And, uh, and so I loved this movie when I first read the description, I said, eh, not for me. And then other people were saying, Oh, it's like, really like, it's great. And it's like creepy. And I'm like, oh, I don't really like creepy. So it's probably not for me. And I don't really know what pushed me to decide to get it other than I like, I like, uh, John Krasinski a lot. I like Emily Blunt a lot. Both of them are great. I love her. And, uh, and I said, you know, if, if the fact that both of these people that I really like did something and he in it and directed it like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay whatever's five, six bucks to rent it. And after about 15 minutes, I'm like, what a dope. I should have bought this thing instead of renting it because it's great. And I want to watch it again and again. And I'll tell you what, um, I'm not sure at what age you might, it's PG 13. So obviously 13 would probably be okay. Uh, but it's okay. It was okay for my almost eleven-year-old boy. You're kidding? No, it's okay. There's really there's there's like one there's some jump scares. Not that many jump scares, really. The 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 creature or creatures mm-hmm. that are in it are a little unnerving. But if your kid is not easily s- frightened by by a creature, and I'm not talking about a creature that's some horrible nightmare inducing thing but there's kids like my my daughter <laughs> you're still high no things terrifying it's not that bad my daughter would be terrified by it i would never let her watch this but she's scared of like like there could be like a cartoon that has like a wolf and she, that that could scare her so yeah. um but i i think it's okay for let's just say let's go with the rating pg-13 but this was a one have you seen it did you see yeah. it mm-hmm. what did you think of it I thought it was very good. It's, it's, it, I'm going to put it in my uh, increasingly favored pile 
of probably pretty small movies. Like I doubt that the budget for this thing was off the chart. It was seventeen million dollars to do it and it's earned like seventy million at the but box it's, office. It's one of those it's one of those movies. It's a show don't tell kind of movie and mm-hmm. they it's it's great visual especially visual storytelling but for a movie where you can't make noise uh sound is huge in yes, this movie yes yes very suspenseful and not not so sus- much scary as suspenseful it does get scary okay. don't don't you know it gets scary but it's um you know, yeah yeah i would just say i would say check it out for sure um I, now i'm going to differ with my friend dan who prepared for this episode and say i think this is very much not for kids that's just how i roll yeah because there are some things that happen in it that are very very sad and um but i, I think it's a very successful movie and i applaud whatever hollywood system lets them accidentally make movies like this movies like game night movies that somehow slip right. out under the radar and like are so much better than almost anything I've I seen in theater I know. that costs $200 million. No offense. But um, the whole time I was th- watching it, I was like, this should, <laughs> this is my reaction. This should be on Netflix <laughs> because it, right. it was as good as the Netflix stuff, which is where most of the great stuff is these days. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, this is a really broad observation, but I think everybody knows that when your project management triangle has constraints, you need to get creative. Right. And, and that leads people. I mean, if you've got a very talented, if you've got a good screenplay, you got a good cast, you got a smart, savvy director who knows how to work the angles. You can make something very special that has the audience rooting for you. Uh, just because it's not just, it's not full of like unnecessary explosions and CGI fights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, no offense, but no, I agree with you. I wouldn't want to spoil it for folks, but like it's PG 13. It, but again, this is another one of those things, Syracuse I, and I, I hope are going to talk about this soon. Something we've been calling the information problem. We're like, we either are getting way not enough or way too much information about pretty much everything in our life. And we're mad about both. Mm. And so the spoiler thing, you know, I don't want to spoil the movie, but on the other hand, this is another one of those things like Patriot, like killing Eve, like game night. That's all in how the story is told. So even if you know what happens in the movie, still see it. Cause it's stylistically very accomplished. Yeah. I like that. Good I can go pick. along with it. Dan, you had another uh, thing you wanted to talk about, which I believe is a, an HBO series that I heard just gets better and better called succession yes yes succession is um is you know i always have this dilemma when game of thrones ends where i'm like should i keep the hbo subscription and hbo's smart enough to introduce something really good like sharp objects right after game of thrones is over and you're like oh yeah this is great amy adams is great again i'm in for another month right and so i since i was keeping it for um for sharp objects which you i think suggested last week and is continues to just be awesome i'm uh, a i'm a terrible sharp objects partisan at this point it's great and it's so I good i can understand a million reasons why someone would not like this but this that show is so in my wheelhouse it hurts well um succession last episode was just devastating that was so good oh my god so good so good so i started watching succession because now i had hbo i'm like i'm, I'm damn well gonna use it so I found this show and I watched it with my wife and she watched an episode or two and she's like, she's like, ah, I don't, it's not, not really my thing. And I said, I, well, I, I'm going to continue with it. First of all, like the acting in it is great. The writing in it is great. The world that it presents. And, and let me tell you briefly um, w- w- about the show. It, it's, is it, is, it, is it sort of a little bit of a kind of, not a Ramona Clay, but doesn't it seem partly inspired 
by the Rupert Murdoch family a little bit? I think it is. It basically is a it basically is a show about the the what would you would call the Roy family. His last name is Roy, and this is a, a guy Logan Latin, Roy, Latin for king. Is that true? Or French like Roy R O I R O R O Y R O I. But it basically starts out. It's a drama. It has some comedy in it, and it it tells the story of this family uh, who they have one of like, they have this huge media entertainment conglomerate business that, uh, that was run or is run by Logan Roy, the, the patriarch of uh, the family and his children. um, Some of whom are, you know, they were all raised very, very, very wealthy. And some of them work in the business. Some of them don't, and the dynamic is very interesting between them. There's humor in it. But the thing that's interesting is every single one of these characters is, I don't want to say blanket, they're horrible people, but they're pretty horrible to each other <laughs> and in their own world and in their existence. In the first couple of episodes, you're like, I hate these. I hate all of these people. Like they're all jerks. I don't like any of them. I don't even care what happens, but I kind of do want to find out. And then by like the third episode, you're like, there's so much in here. There's so much strange stuff and dynamics and interesting interpersonal play. And the way the characters are, are all fleshed out so effectively and the way the actors are playing them that you just kind of realize, wait a minute. And by like the fourth or fifth episode, you're like, I really care about what's going to happen to these people. And I, I hate them, but I also feel bad about hating them now. And I kind of like them and want them to, to do better and want to find out what happens. And so it's, it's a very interesting kind of a show. Uh, and their lives are very sad, but you can really see with like what drives each of the characters. And it, it does that one of the lessons that I think has come out of this is that it, it shows you that like having money doesn't solve any problems uh, mm-hmm. at all. And so I, I don't know. I've enjoyed it. Have you watched it at all? I watched a little bit of the first episode. You've got to keep going uh, with it. Well, you know, my boys over at the watch uh, have been kind of fawning over this, that podcast I like about. Oh, uh, uh, yes. TV. Yes. Um, they, uh, they, they were with it from the beginning, but in the last couple, like in a recent episode, they're like, it, this is, like really good. This is a, yeah. to, to, in their words, this is a show that has really found its stride. Really the last has. Couple episodes. Yeah. And like, this could be a, like a, maybe not an all time great one, but like very, very watchable TV. Yeah, it really is. And, and I, you know, like I'm not like, I would say if you don't have HBO now, I would say sign up for it and go watch sharp objects. And once you've done that also watch succession. Well, if you're ready for sharp objects, it ain't for everybody. It's good. Yeah. But there's a lot, I mean, there's a reason they end with a, after the credits, a they warning. throw up a little card about yeah. what to do if mm-hmm. you're going through self-harm. Mm-hmm. I mean, trigger warnings for just about everything. It's, I, I, I think just to be sensitive to folks, like, you may not want to explore this if you have yeah, uh, that's great. Self, great advice, self-harm, yeah. alcohol, you name it. I mean, families. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you have a family, you may not want to watch the show. And that's true for, for succession families. also, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I should check that out. Um, I do have the HBO right now, so I should do that. Can I, can I slide one in? Yeah, go ahead, caller. Uh, thank you, uh, first-time Cumberbatcher. <laughs> uh, again, a show I think I heard about from The Watch. A very good podcast you guys should listen to. Um, and oh, I'm, oh, I'm, oh I'm I just, just remembered some extra feedback. Okay, okay, thank you. You, you triggered a memory, and uh, I'm making a note of it. Would it be better here? No, no, keep going. 
Uh, I learned about this from the watch. Um, a show on Showtime. It's a five part, you know, special series uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch called Patrick Melrose, based on a series of novels. Uh, again, it's pretty tough watching, but it's it's about. It starts the one I'm on right now. It starts in the early '80s, and it's this guy who's the son of this very uh, rich guy, I think played by uh, Agent Smith, who uh, the father dies. And uh, this guy is addicted to pretty much everything. And <laughs> in this first episode, he has to go to New York to collect his father's body. And it is dark and it is funny and it is dark, dark, dark. Uh, but it's a great performance by Cumberbatch. I think he's up for an Emmy for it. Oh, nice. Um, and, and the name of this he- once again? I keep forgetting it. It's Patrick Melrose. I put it in notes. Patrick. But uh, if you enjoy the Cumberbatch and you want to see him, uh, supposedly the story goes that when Benedict, as I like to call him, when he, you know, somebody he's, I guess was asked about his dream roles in life. And he said something along the lines of there's only two roles I've ever really, really wanted to play as an adult. One is Hamlet and the other is Patrick Melrose. Oh, that's a cool. lot of people, young people in England. I mean, this is a certain genre of, of, of book. I think especially uh, novels in England in the 80s and 90s. Right. You know, these stories of um, Martin Amos style stories of, you know, debauchery. But anyway, uh, get enough for everybody. It's a grown up show. But check out if you have the uh, show time, check out Patrick Melrose. Link is in notes. Dan, where would people find show notes for episode 384 of your back to work program? 5by5.tv slash B as in brothers. Two is in the number W as in walrus slash three eight four three eight four is he still like opening portals and stuff like that in the oh he's doing like jazz hands yeah is he still Cosmic doing jazz hands yeah <laughs> no not so much no his his uh dr strange has really grown on me oh good it's good i thought it was great we watched um we had seen uh ragnarok in the theater but my wife hadn't seen it so we watched it the other night and um he's so funny in that that is a very funny movie um, this, it seems to me, might be a good point for you to tell me about something that you like. I would love to tell you all about Squarespace. Squarespace! Squares- I just did a Squarespace read right before this program. You did? Just on your own by yourself in the, in the private office? I do one every day. It's, it's kind of <laughs> like the way I gain power by uh, honoring the flag. I, I just spend, right. I try to spend half hour a day just building my power. Sorry, I stole that from Drill. But um, no, I love the Squarespace. Tell me, tell me what they what they tell you to say. This they tell me to tell you that Squarespace lets you turn your cool idea into a new website. You can do pretty much anything you would want to do with a website with Squarespace. You can showcase work that you've done. You can blog, of course, but you can also use it to sell products or services. Uh, whether these are physical things or digital purchases, it, it's built in software to do everything and anything that you might want to use it for i know people who just recently got married and they used a squarespace site to announce that's, and that's promote a killer their use of squarespace that is such a good use of squarespace it was great and they and have themes that are really good for that the themes that they have are really customizable so that even if you if you and i were to start out with the very same theme and just spend a few minutes just you know moving the little sliders and clicking clicking the little uh, buttons, we would be able to completely customize that theme and and make it's it like our minority own. Minority report for Minority Report for websites. Like it's it seems that's, impossible to me what you can do <laughs> by just doing some cosmic jazz hands on this uh, on this web service. That's right. Uh, and they're they're a very very affordable solution. They also now sell domain names. So when you're getting set up with your website, you can purchase a domain name uh, right in line with that whole process. And if you if you just want to buy a domain name, just on your own, you don't need a website right now. You can still get a domain with them. 
Uh, it's really, really great. I don't know what to say other than this is this is the place to go to make a website of any kind. They've got 24-7 customer support. They're always making sure that it's secure and uh, and updated and uh, everything's there, man. Everything's there. They got analytics. They got a built-in search engine optimization. Everything uh-huh. is there. Uh, including now domains with over 200 extensions. So for listeners of this amazing program, if you go to squarespace.com slash it's your show, you can sign up for the free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the code it's your show, one word, and you will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, either one or both squarespace.com slash it's your show. And then use the code it's your show for that 10% off and we appreciate Squarespace, and we thank them for making this show possible. Tim Benjamin. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck, buck. Dan, an interesting article has come out in the last couple of days. Ah, um, yes. Now, wait. Not, oh, not to... Yeah, uh, be, go. Be, I, I oh, wanted sorry. to dig, say dig, something. Dan. <laughs> really quick before that, because I, I wanted to... you. I, I wanted to thank two people. Um, remember in the last episode... I said uh, that my son has, over the last few months, developed an intense interest and love for retro, vintage gaming consoles. All right. And you, you spray-painted your, uh, your 3DS. We did. It turned out awesome. And he's just been so into all of this stuff. And uh, so I put out the call. I said, hey, listeners, if you have an old console of any kind whatever it is it could be nintendo atari in television ColecoVision, uh sega whatever you have uh you know if, if you're just if it's just sitting in a box somewhere or on a shelf and you're not using it or your kids have outgrown it or you've outgrown it or whatever uh then by all means let me know about it and, and send it to me and my my offer of if it's cool i will be glad to pay for shipping and packaging and for your trouble to send it uh, to to us because he's he is the true definition of a of a collector. He keeps everything just meticulously clean wow. and and put away in a very safe place. And that's amazing. I could hide three quarters of my daughter's stuff and she'd never notice it. Yeah, he. I should he, do that just as an experiment. Just to I'll make see what happens. Summer projects. That sounds like my little girl, but uh, my son is the opposite, and everything is just. I mean, he wants to have everything out so that he can see it and look at it, and he does play the games. He's not just putting them on a shelf, but he's now talking about wanting a, you know, because this is an easy thing to do and get, but like a custom glass display case to house mm. all of his collection. So every time he says, "I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, sure, we'll do that." Uh, but I wanted to say thank you very much. I don't know if I can say their their last names, but the two people who sent in, um, one person uh, sent a um, a Nintendo uh, Game Boy Advance SP, and uh, his. Uh, I I want to say thanks very much. I'll, I'll just say it's Chad. I don't know if I can say his last name, so I won't. But he mm-hmm. also included a lovely note where he was thanking us for doing the show and That's how so much nice. he's enjoyed listening to the program and other things that we've done. And, and so, Chad, thank you so much. He, my son absolutely loves it and is obsessed with it. And I also want to say thanks to Alex, who sent a Nintendo 2DS, which was basically brand new uh, and, uh, and is this beautiful cobalt blue uh, 2DS that he sent. Uh, he was very apologetic because he's like, oh, you know, like the cartridges were all stolen and I don't have a charger for it, but like I can send it to him. Like, by all means, send it. And uh, as soon as I got it, um, I was going to give it to my son, but uh, my daughter 
started, she's just about to turn seven. And she said, yeah, I really want one of these things. And I said to my son, I said, you know, I think the 2DS would be perfect for her. And he said, yeah, I don't, I don't think I need that one because I've got the 3DS. So I gave it to her and she absolutely loves it. We have a wonderful store in town called um, Game Over. And uh, they sell uh, like used uh, cartridges and things like that from millions of years ago. So you can go and for five or 10 bucks, you can buy these cartridges for it. And I got her a couple and she's just loving it. So Alex, thank you to you too. And anyone else who has any of this stuff, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin. And I just thank you so much to everyone who has responded and who sent this stuff in. It's, it's quite, quite a, a joyous experience. So thank you to everybody. That's all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, we have very nice listeners. Very Thank nice. you for doing that. Dan, an article uh, has emerged in the last couple of days uh, at the risk of overframing this. Uh, it's a very interesting article on Medium. Interesting to me, not least because it pulls together a couple, three different threads that um, are important to us and yes. are very hot topics right now. Um, one of the people who works at the pod, what would you call it, a podcast service? Yes. Called, called Anchor, uh, yes. wrote a short, uh, but you know, relatively provocative um, article with a very, uh, very, very simple uh, head, uh, why you should never pay for podcast hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll throw to you here. Uh, he, he has some strong ideas about how he feels like he's democratizing the medium by making it so that you never have to pay. And the thing those Wall Street fat cats don't want you to know that is that it actually costs the providers very little to host this. Therefore, uh, bangs on hood. This boy right here uh, is the one you can trust with your podcast. Right. Dan, what are your thoughts on uh, Nir Zeigerman's article, Why You Should Never Pay for Podcast Hosting? Well, I mean, I, I understand the general philosophy of what he's trying to communicate in this article, and that is... <laughs> of writing clickbait that benefits your company? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, we're, I run... We're talking about it. I run Fireside, and that is a for-pay podcast hosting platform with the thousands of podcasts hosted on it. And it's what I when I'm not doing the show with Merlin or doing the one I do with John. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm I'm spending eight hours a day supporting Fireside and adding features and doing things like that. And 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 one of the things that I absolutely love is that uh, my customers know exactly what they're paying for. They're paying for podcast hosting. They're paying for the service that that I provide to them and they have other choices. If they don't want to use fireside, they can go anywhere else. They can cancel at any time, but you know, and, and as much as he says that, Oh, it's not, it doesn't cost that much. Uh, it does. It does cost a lot. It costs thousands, thousands a month, um, to host the shows that many thousands a month, uh, to host, to pay for the bandwidth that, that hosts the shows, um, that, that we do. So maybe they're getting a much better deal or something, but I, I, I don't agree that podcast hosting should should be free. I think what they're trying to do, and I recommend everyone do read this article, which Merlin, I believe, has kindly put into the show notes. But and, and the, I mean, like we should mention in passing, Anchor is a cool service. It is a cool service. It lets as, you. As, uh, this is. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, drop a little crumb here about my my thoughts on this. It is one of many interesting options for how you can get audio on the internet. Uh, yes. you can do some really cool stuff with it that is not easy to do in other places. But it's very much not your only option. Uh, no, it is not. And what what I think the the way that they are making a name for themselves is that they they have created an app that runs on your iPhone. I don't know if it's Android also, but it's certainly on the iPhone. 
and uh, and it allows people to do everything that they want to do to create and host and host their shows right from their iPhone. That's their thing is that you you record it on your iPhone if you want and you upload it in the app and it's all right there on your iPhone. Uh, that's not how I podcast or have ever podcasted or or would want to podcast. But there are, I guess, people that that like that. And this is a great service if that's what you want to do. But. But I am. I, I feel like, first of all, like you pointed out, like this, this article was more like a clickbait kind of a thing. Like it's an advertisement for their for their product. That's that's what it is. And it's very thinly veiled. Um. They claim that uh, for almost every single podcast anchor host, the cost to us is less than 10 cents per month. That's very, very different from what I and the other people that I know in the podcast hosting space are are charging. I'd love well, to... It's costing them, costing their VCs that, they say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so who knows what that all means. But it, the, here's the part that is um, that I think is is rubbing people the wrong way. And that is any time that you don't understand or have a direct relationship between you and the person or the company rather that you're paying for a service, then, you know, it's the whole thing. You, you become the commodity. Then you, you become the, the thing that is for sale. Uh, your content in that case becomes the thing that is for sale. And uh, a couple of people pointed out what I, what I tweeted about was I said, you know, I said, it seems like uh, anchor wants to be YouTube for podcasts, I said, but fortunately, we don't want or need YouTube for podcasts. We have great ways to to do things already. And a couple people tweeted me back and said, yeah, uh, check out um, check out Anchor's like terms of service, which I had never read in depth before. So I sat down and I read it this morning. And there are some things in there that I think would be a turnoff to a lot of people that, of course, no one reads that. But on their terms of service, there's a section called license grant. And at the the top of it, in bold italics, they say, you retain all of your ownership rights in your user content. But may may I continue to read more about this? By by submitting user content, which is defined by, it is defined as a podcast episode, through the services you hereby do and shall grant us, check this out, a worldwide, non-exclusive, perpetual, royalty-free, fully paid up, sub-licensable, and transferable license to use edit, modify, including the right to create derivative works of, aggregate, reproduce, distribute, prepare derivative works of, display, and perform the user content in connection with the operation of the services, the promotion, advertising, or marketing of the services, or any other purposes. You agree that this license <laughs> seems, includes... Seems fairly, uh, like a fairly broad uh, series of uh, rights there. Yes, for. a lot. This license includes without limitation... The right for Anchor to provide, promote, and improve the services and to make user content submitted to or through the services available to other companies, organizations, or individuals who partner with Anchor for the syndication, broadcast, distribution, or publication of such user content on other media services subject to our terms and conditions. And it goes on like this for a long time. Basically, they can do whatever they want with your content. Uh, it, 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 uh, it says, for the avoidance of doubt... Such license includes any and all rights in or to the user content, including without limitation, copyright, rights of privacy, or rights of publicity. Uh, they can do. Sounds what, like something L. Ron Hubbard would want to say. <laughs> uh, they One can billion do years. <laughs> whatever they want with your content. 
They can uh-huh. they can make derivative works from it. They can publish it. They can give it or sell it to other places. My s- theory and what other people have said is that th- this allow and I think Jason Snell's piece on it was great. Uh, was um, that uh, that they they could do ad insertion into it if they wanted to. They could kind of do whatever they want. Um, you know what what Jason Snell says, which I thought was very very nice. Uh, he says, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Anchor is spending some of its millions in venture capital investment to give free hosting to podcast users with a business model in mind. Create enough volume that it can eventually monetize those podcasts by inserting ads and taking a cut. And uh, and, and I, I tend to agree with that, uh, that, that that's something that they're probably wanting to do. But, I mean, they, they have to make money from us as content creators to make this a, a, a viable business. Why else would they be doing it? The whole idea that, oh, we just, we just want to make it. Everyone should be able to podcast. We're going to make it easy for everyone. Everyone and needs to do it. And they're doing a favor to you. Right. It's a favor. It's not mm-hmm. a favor. It's not a it's favor. It's a capital, capital-funded favor. My, you know, my goal it's in not, creating- It's not like those investors are going to want 10x back on their investment. No, never. You know, my mm-hmm. goal in creating Fireside was two, two things. One- um, I, I want to create a platform that makes it easy for people to, to podcast with tons of, tons of features, both basic and advanced. And two, I want to make a living doing that. Like I'm not, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a business. I'm doing it because I love it and because I want people to podcast and because I want to make a living doing something I like. I, that's it. Like that. And the relationship you have with whether it's fireside or Libsyn or whoever is like, yeah, you, you pay for these services. It's a service mm-hmm. and you pay for it. I'm paying for HBO so that I can watch these shows. If I don't want to watch the shows anymore, I'll stop paying for HBO and I'll do something different. But you know, it, if I want to watch tons of commercials then I can turn on regular TV. Um, but the whole thing about, about content. Yeah. I see that you still own your own content, but like, so do they. And, uh, it's very, that's a very, to my mind, a very broad definition of what owning something means. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't want to overreact to this. There's a million things I'm trying to not say here. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to FUD back at these guys. You know, they're, they're running a business. I think it's a little disingenuous to write this as some kind of, you know, um, some and hero public announcement about how podcasting has been too locked up in the past. I would argue quite the opposite yeah. that the thing that makes podcasts special is independence. Uh, I will, um, suggest folks listen to the latest episode as we record this of reconcilable differences, uh, reconcilable differences, 82 summer of intentionalities. Uh, I did talk about my summer of intentionalities, but we also talked about giving advice when asked about like, how do you get big in podcasting? And what I ended up saying that I feel strongly about to the point of being a little bit of a weirdo is that, you know, independence is really special. Independence of the medium, independence of your stuff. You know, I I don't read every line of every user uh, agreement. I don't. It's very rare for me to read something the way you just read that. But I do sometimes, um, you have to follow your gut sometimes. Anybody can screw you if they want to. The bottom line is none of us have the resources, really, it's sort of like the patent stuff. If you had to fight your podcast host over something, mm-hmm. you'd probably lose yeah. in the end. Yeah. It's just not worth the trouble. You don't have the money for that. You don't have the time. You don't want to spend the rest of your young career being bogged down in a legal battle with somebody who's better armed than you are. 
That's true for pretty much every service. So it does in some ways come down to who you trust. Mm-hmm. Like they, there may be a lot of stuff in a user agreement, but you also have to have your own personal barometer for how much you trust that company one way or another. Anybody can screw you if they choose to. It's just that I'm trying to avoid FUD here, but I would be circumspect. Be, first of all, just in general, gang, please treasure your independence. And like only parcel it out to people that you trust and you think are on aligned in the same way as you are mostly. Be careful of people who are giving you too great of an offer. Now I sound like I'm doing the thing I didn't want to do. I'm not here to bag on these guys. They got a business and they have a cool service and good for them. But please do explore all the options that are out there. I'm not in a million years going to say Libsyn is perfect. Libsyn's website and user experience is hot garbage and everyone says so, but it has never been anything but bulletproof in serving audio files for me. It really works as like, I just probably, they don't want me to say this probably, but I've used it for 10 years because it's just a big dumb website in the sky that just pushes out content and never bugs me. And it works fine. And it's $7 a month or whatever. I mean, <laughs> when we talk about this democracy and this freedom, well, like how much are you really saving? Like, you know, I, I don't want to sound classist, but like $7 a month is not enough, to, not a lot to pay for what you're getting in value out of that. Your mileage may vary. You need to follow this, but be circumspect especially at this time. And this, I, I will a little, allow myself a little bit of FUD here. Talked about this a lot in that episode with Syracuse. There are a lot of companies whose business model is based on ruining what is good about podcasts. They are, they're carpetbaggers. I'm not saying these guys are, but beware because there are companies out there who are looking to capitalize on the fact that podcasting is the new hotness, the new-ish hotness-ish right now. And they're looking for ways to lock it down and to get revenue out of it, they could give a flying fig about your Doctor Who podcast. Mm-hmm. They just need content for the big maw. Right. So, I, I, I again, I fear uncertainty and doubt. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. But I do want to say, don't assume that every opportunity to give up your independence will give you something worthwhile in return. Whether it's these folks or all these all these other terrible terrible companies. That those terms don't don't read that different from a lot of things that people just slid across the table to me and said, "Hey, wouldn't it be great if you were on, um, you know, Pod Splatter?" I was like, "Why would I want to be on Pod Splatter? Oh, it's really great. You can play it on Alexa, and uh, there's all this great stuff. Alexa, stop! There's all this great stuff that you can do if you just get on Pod Splatter. It's like, yeah, but there's also all kinds of stuff in here where I be, I put hundreds of fish hooks into my own skin and just hope you don't tug on them. So uh, that's all I would say here. I think it's a little bit disingenuous as an article. I think butter wouldn't melt in that guy's mouth. And uh, that, that, that does not give me, as we used to say in the South, that does not give me a great vibe about what that company says. Because anybody who does this shit for a living can look at that and go, hmm, yeah. just, just a whole array of red flags about being able to say that and act like that's honest. So anyway, whatever. Like, it's cool. I have a bunch of friends that uh, I believe, you know, there are a podcast network I'm on that does a daily show with Anchor. And it's, I think it's working out fine. There's nothing against that. But like, this is an opportunity for us to say, to remind you. To be careful about honoring, respecting, and protecting your independence. Independence. Just like the dentist in that uh, Rudolph special. Treasure your independence. (laughs) You know, don't trade it away for a bowl of gruel that you're going to be paying for for the rest of your career. Just be careful. Not everybody out there is as much on your side as it looks like, and it pays to be skeptical about anything that could become a tentpole or a pillar in what you would like to become your career. Voi contrade, to to quote Dante. And you know, I I just want to chime in. I love I loved your points there. I love your points about independence and and minding that and being careful of that. I think that's super important. But there's another thing that I wanted to point out, and and that is that we've had this conversation before, but I have a different take on it nowadays. I think, and and that is you know understanding that that it, most things in your life 
cost some money. Uh, hobbies tend to cost money. And my analogy when people talk, and in the article that Jason Snell wrote, which is in our show notes, um, he, he talks about being up in, at, a, at a podcaster panel that he was on where yeah. people were asking, like, how do I get started? And he suggested buying a $50 microphone. And he said that the audience was kind of aghast that they would have to spend so much money on getting a, a microphone like that's outrageous. Like you've got to be crazy at, you know, $50. Right. And if, you know, if you're outside of the, the recording industry or podcasting recording industry, $50 sounds like a lot for something that you're not really sure that you want to get yeah, into. I mean, if you already have a mic built into your computer, like why would you why spend would $50 I, yeah, I have on an external microphone? Right. Or like, I wait a minute, I can record just with my phone. Why would I spend any extra? And, you know, and, and my which analogy, is, which is, which is uh, from a completely outsider POV is not a crazy thing to think. It's just that you, you may not be taking into account all of the information because you haven't had the, not, not it sounds condescending. No, like, it doesn't. When you have a little no, bit doesn't. more information about what you're doing, you start to see that that's actually not a bad deal, even if you're doing it as a hobby. Yeah. And so compared to another hobby that, um, one that I grew up doing a lot when I was living in Florida, um, was uh with you know starting with my stepdad when i was probably like 11 years old was fishing and we used to go out fishing and we wouldn't go out on a boat we would usually go out to a dock and we fished in the ocean a lot because the fish were were better and you could eat them when you caught one them. of the many bridges that have collapsed in florida you could just <laughs> go out it becomes then now it's a it used to be a bridge now it's a now, pier now it's a pier uh, <laughs> i like that <laughs> that is true i never really thought about it like that um florida first in new pier that's right making making a new pier every making day piers great again oh wow so uh so you know but if you think about what's involved in fishing just to go fishing you think of fishing as being something that it seems kind of free but it's not free you you say well okay right i need to buy a, a rod and a reel like you're not going to get very far with like a stick and some string so you got to buy a rod and a reel right we also need you need hooks you need weights you need maybe depending on if you what kind of fishing you're doing and you might need a bobbin um you definitely need fishing line well you know what you should probably have a tackle box to keep all of this stuff in i mean you're going to need to keep it. you can't put in the bag you got to keep it together and you know depending on that you might need lures you might need a whole different set of lures depending on what kind of fish you're going to get and beyond that well you might want live bait too and that if you're fishing in the ocean that could mean shrimp mm -hmm. it could mean worms it could mean other you things get some night crawlers yeah and 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 now you've got to do that but you know what you, you don't just go fishing uh, for 30 minutes and leave it's it's usually takes a I mean, you could put a pine cone on a paper clip and just throw it off the pier <laughs> that's right that's see a very you, economical way to fish see what you see what you catch but what you really want is you really want to make a, an afternoon or in many cases we would go out and you'd go out after dinner because that's when the fish are biting in at night and so you've but regardless of when you go out fishing you've got to set aside a whole bunch of time to do it you've got to drive because you're not going to fish out of your window of your apartment you've got to you've got to <laughs> you're not led zeppelin you've got to go and get in a car and you've got to drive out and then you've got to set aside time and you've got to find the place to go and you know what else you you might need a special knife so that you can uh fillet the fish once you've caught it you might need a bucket to store the bait or the fish that you've caught in you might need a belt to keep some of your tools with you as you're as you're going out there because you might get a, a you might need a little pair of pliers to free the hook from the fish's you might mouth get a cool uh, colonel blake hat to put your lures on. you might you might need mm -hmm. some suntan lotion or sunglasses if you're going out in the daytime you might need to rent a boat if that's the kind of fishing that you want you're probably going to get, get hungry made with some bush light in it so you need you need some food you need a cooler you need okay so now how much have i spent 
have I spent $5? I probably spent $50. I might have spent, now the upfront cost, and you're going to say, well, you only need to spend that once. Right, you only need to buy a microphone once. But the point is, every time that you go fishing, there's a cost associated with it, even if the cost is simply gas in your car, or if the cost is simply, I'm choosing to do this instead of doing something that could be making me money. My point is, it costs money to do almost any hobby, whether it's fishing or bowling or watercolors. I mean, it costs, it costs money. And mm-hmm. so, uh, at, at the end of the day, yes, that is the, that, that is our show art. Um, <laughs> I, I will work on that, but radar. Yes. That's the, you know, but that's the thing is that that hat costs money and the lures on it costs money. All those things cost money. But like if your if your grandpa wants to take you out, if, uh, if, 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 uh, uh Peepums wants to take you out in his, in his rowboat, it's not going to cost you anything and that's fine. But it's, but you know, it's, and, and I would never want to say anything to discourage people from getting started and you can get started with very, very little to nothing. And if you want to try these folks out because all you got is a phone and you don't want to spend any money, I don't want to discourage you from sure. that. But I also just from my, my own vantage point, I just also want to say, hmm, I want to make that noise. I want to go, hmm, like keep an eye out because these things do cost money. When you get into it seriously, you're going to want a set of reliable tools that you trust that, that aren't going to poke you in the eye. So anyway, now I'm, I'm doing FUD, but you can continue, continue. No, I mean, the, you, you've said it well, and, and that's the whole thing is that, that any kind of hobby, anything that you do can, co- can has a potential to cost a little or in some cases a lot of money. And, you know, the, the idea that for some reason people have an idea that if, if it's on the computer, if it's on the internet, it's kind of the feeling is there like, well, that should be free. And I think we've overcome. Isn't that so different from the app economy and what's happened with the yes, app store? Yes, Where, I mean, some of the very first apps I paid for on the phone were quite costly. I can think of a, a few apps that were definitely in the double figures for an app. And, you know, the way the app economy changed, people were like, ooh, gosh, why would I, why would I pay $39 for this app when there's 16 free apps on the App Store. Well, because that app is the best of breed. Mm -hmm. If you want a password manager, that's a real good one, and you can trust it, and it's not going to get all broken and stuff. There's a whole office full of people. There's people all over North America. Actually, they're they're very distributed. I won't say the name, but they're very good at making sure that 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 thing stays secure. Believe me, maybe even more than your Colonel Blake hat, you're going to want to pay a little bit for a password manager you can trust. And, you know, it's there. If nothing else, just walk away with two, two points. Independence is important, right? And don't be afraid to get started. But do, do keep in mind that everybody has their reasons. There are very few people in this world that are going to give you something for free unless they think they're going to get more than free back from you. And they're going to want to, especially when there's VCs involved. Isn't that the rule of thumb? 10x? They want 10x? Back? Yeah, I think that's the rule. You can always start your own podcast network in uh, Brooklyn with over 80 people working at it. 80 um, people, Merlin. Oh, they're over 80 now, Dan. And they, they, get a, they get a podcast out almost every uh, two weeks. So. <laughs> <clears throat> almost? I, lo- I love, I love, I listen to several of their shows, but I think that's funny. Um, but, uh, you know, this is just your old man friends saying, hey, you know, keep an eye out. You know? The independence part. I mean, why do I say that? I mean, just real quickly to review, yeah. um, there's two parts to the independence that are great. There's the, 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 the independence zero <laughs> of podcasting is the RSS format. The RSS format that enables you to have a feed that anybody mostly can subscribe to on lots of different things that has an audio attachment. That means now that that's, that is, that is free as in speech and beer in the sense that you can put what you want into this feed and it goes out. Where you store that, these are all different parts of the stack. 
We don't need to go into that now. But what made podcasting what it is now that I fear will change? I'm a very old man about this. I would not have a career if I didn't give tons of stuff away. Now, how did I get money back? Well, it depends. Sometimes people pay me to speak. Sometimes there was advertising. But I think... I think it was fairly clear that like you could continue to get this thing for free. I was not harvesting your information or anything. I was just the free is like giving that stuff away, whether it's writing or podcasting. That is what made this medium like get to where it is, where it was even interesting to carpetbaggers who could give a throw 10 years ago about podcasts. Watch out for those folks. And the other part of the independence is like your, your independence of the medium and the independence of the publishers. And I think those keeping both of those things healthy uh, is a very, very good thing. I like that. I you like know, the word you, healthy you, too, the way you're using it. That's and wholesome. perfect way like to describe it. Like if you choose to run ads on your show, shouldn't that be you that chooses that? And shouldn't that be you that's compensated for that? And shouldn't that be you that chooses what you want where? I mean, I have to tell you, like when people used to scrape my feed on my formerly popular website, it wasn't, I wasn't mad so much because they were putting it on a crappy site and wrapping it with their own ads. Although that did bug me a little bit. What really bugged me was it didn't have my official, <laughs> to quote, quote Colonel Potter, it did not have my official okie dokie on it. Like you're not allowed to put that stuff there because that's not my place. My place is over here. You want my stuff, you come to my place. Right. It's going to have my, my, my dumb website and my stupid face on it, but that's mine. Like it's one thing that revenue I can replace. That's okay. I'll, I'm not that worried about that, that that'll be fine. Even if it's free, even if it's paid, whatever, but like, don't do stuff with my stuff and act like it's your stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not your stuff. Mm -hmm. It's my stuff. Yeah. And it's not cool for you to do that. And shame on me, me for not reading the line that says you're allowed to go put this anywhere you want and partner with any business at all, at all. Gross. (sighs) People, Dan, are the worst. I know. What are you going to do? I don't know. What can you do? What can you do? I don't know. <sighs> succession, um, you know, succession. Succession. Mm-hmm. Let's see, you wanted to talk about why a solar probe. Why well, I, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you Run. think they, will they care? Uh, sure. They'll care. Are you kidding me? All right. Can I thank our second sponsor first? We got a second sponsor. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's cash fly. Cash fly. Yes. These guys. Oh, cachet fly. Cachet cachet fly. fly. See, I thought this was going to be one of those pay services. No, since the, in the very beginning of five by five, I knew that, you know, that, that I would eventually, well, I hoped that I would eventually have a big audience for some of the shows and that, that they would be downloaded a lot. That was something I really was striving for. So when I first launched though, I didn't, I didn't know what to do about it. So I was just hosting files on just the, the, the web server that I had and, very quickly, every time we would come out with an episode, it would get slammed, slammed. And the server never crashed, but downloads would get super, super, super slow. And uh, a bunch of the listeners said, hey, like downloads are super slow, like do something. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to figure this out. And that's when I started really investigating CDNs. And I tried a ton of them. And of all, Cashfly was the best one. They provided the fastest downloads, the most stability, the most reliability, the the greatest ease of use as far as onboarding your content, purging content when it's expired. Uh, Their dashboard is incredibly easy to use. And I I just, I love these guys. They do really, really great work. They work with you to create a customized plan. They have transparent pricing and they understand that like your business grows and that your needs change and they have support that's really great 
that make sure that whether you're, you know, I don't know, hosting uh, something with the MLB or a podcast or just a website that you want to run faster, they make sure that it works and that it happens at blazing speed. Uh, they handle all the bandwidth for five by five. They have for years and years and years. I also use them with Fireside because they've been so reliable for five by five. So every time you've downloaded one of these episodes, it's come through Cashfly, and uh, and they're great. And they're spelled C A C H E F L Y. And you can go to Cashfly dot com and uh, get signed up with them. They're they're great if you're looking for a CDN. And you want the fastest CDN and the most reliable CDN in the business. Uh, this is who I use, and they're great. Cashfly.com. Thanks very much to Cashfly for making this show possible. Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin. Thanks, Cashfly. They've got to be in your like top 10 of OG sponsors. They've been with you for a long time, haven't they? I think since probably 2008, 2009. Yeah, they had so podcasts like- back then? That's before Serial. Um, <laughs> that's right you guys you gotta check out podcasts have you heard S-Town um I'm not bitter you're bitter um <laughs> ding myself I like it yes yes now wait before we talk about the heat and the temperature what's Such all this about iOS 12 trackpad mode well that's just my stuff I put in it's I wanna boring. see it. what is it uh, this is my summer of intentionalities. Uh, Your CF. iOS 12, I want it every time, every time that I gesture, I flick up and pause, and I don't see, I can't flick it away. I'm like, Merlin said it's an iOS 12. Should I install iOS 12? Pretty solid. I would put it on at least an iPad. Well, here's the thing. Summer of intentionalities, um, I, you know, I hurt my thumb a while back, and so I got a little oh, bit off how my is, game. How are you healing oh, it's up? it's fine. It's fine. It healed up in less than a week. Oh, good. But, um, but, I, but I, I got a little off my game with guitar. I got a little off my game with Frisbee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't even started Zelda yet. I'm covered with shame. Um, but I'll, it's, it's funny, because the least important of my summer of intentionalities, my least important intentionality, my least significant intentionality has turned out to be awfully, awfully easy and functional and great. I just want to remind everybody out there, hey, you guys, um, touchpad mode on iOS. I'm so glad I have been spending the time to get better at this. For those who who are just tuning in, um, if you're on anything after iOS, geez, I don't even know. What, nine, maybe? But But any modern iOS that you're on, there's a feature you probably either don't know about or may not be using very much. In my kind of um, anecdotal chatting with friends, even my nerd friends aren't using this too much. So here's the thing. If you're in any kind of um, area where you can type text, for example, let's say you're in Notes, the iOS Notes app, yeah. and, you're, and you're typing, or let's say you're, more importantly, let's say you're editing. You open up a Notes file that's got two or three paragraphs of text in it. Everybody knows it can be kind of frustrating to futz around with the cursor. Uh, it, it's not terrible, but um, it doesn't feel as easy as it used to be because that little loop is so small now, it's kind of hard to get around. But anytime you're trying to edit stuff, like even if you've just typed, I don't know about you, but I feel like when I'm in messages, my most common typos occur at the f- top, at the beginning of the sentence I'm typing. Okay, I can see that. And I in- invariably have to go in with my little fat thumb and try and locate the right place. Um, well, there's a thing that you can do um, formerly on Touch I- Touch 3D Touch-capable devices, but as of iOS 12, this also works on iPad, which is that if you're on a modern iPhone with a modern iOS and you're anywhere where you can be typing, you do a long like a, a long press on the keyboard mm-hmm. and it turns, all the letters go away. 
There's, uh, by the way, there's several articles about this in show notes where you can learn what I'm talking about if this sounds like gibberish. Um, you do a long press on the keyboard and it turns into a trackpad. And now you have the ability to move vertically and horizontally all through the text area that you're in. It'll scroll up for you. You do whatever you want to do. That alone is terrific. <clears throat> Just for placing the cursor where you want it to be, it's surprisingly fast. But the really amazing part then, the second part of that is when you stop uh, wherever you want the cursor to be, you press just the tiniest bit harder and it selects whatever word the cursor is inside of. And now, third, you now have the ability to drag up or down, side to side, to select whatever it is, to basically select multiple words. Oh, lines. so like if you wanted to make select a three sentences or five words. You just you, you keep your thumb in, you press a little harder, and you just drag down, and now you got a stew. So... You know, maybe you hear that and go like, oh, is that really so great? First time you do it, it might seem real screwy. Boy, really stick with it. It's so great. And, and I, the reason I got excited about it for this summer is because the iOS 12 beta, as, as I think is publicly known, has now introduced this ability on iPad. Hey, guess what? iPad is suddenly getting lots of touch things that used to only be on iPhone. Stuff like the, oh God, the amazing, irreplaceable... When you're on your lock screen and you drag down for notifications on like a recent phone, you can do that long hard press on the X and all of the notifications go away. Used to be you couldn't do that on iPad. Now iPad will do that. It's not a 3D touch because it doesn't have that uh, kind of, it doesn't have that ability on an iPad, but the long, the long press, it's kind of cousin on an iPad lets you dismiss all of those with two clicks, which is amazing. So, I mean, this has really been a nice confluence for me because as of iOS 12 betas, now the way you get touchpad mode on an iPad, it used to be you could get it by sliding two fingers horizontally, which is not the worst annoying thing in the world, but it's a little bit of a pain. Guess what? iOS 12, long press on the space bar with your thumb or single finger, and it turns into a touchpad. So what this means is now, no matter where I am um, on a capable device with a capable iOS, all I have to do is do a long press on the keyboard or on the uh, space key, space bar, and it turns into touchpad mode. So now this is the skill that I am applying everywhere. And I just want to make people aware of it. And you might have heard it before, but like, give it a try. Check out show notes and you'll see a couple links. Of course, the, uh, the amazing Renee Ritchie, as usual, has some of the best stuff on it. Um, but go and try this out. Even if you're not on iOS 12, just on your phone, try this out. Try and make yourself use this more whenever you're editing text. And you may be surprised how quickly it really ups your game. And the other way starts to seem kind of monstrous. Like it's crazy to have to click around with your thumb and get your, get into exactly the right place. And then, you know, getting all the selections. It's so fast. It's so easy. And it keeps your, it's keeps your fingers near the keyboard, which is the best. That's all. That's what you want. That's what you want. Keep near the keyboard. Dan, I have a question for you. Sometimes I get real confused about the difference between what they call temperature and what they call heat. And I'm real worried about the Parker Solar Probe and whether it's going to melt. Can you tell me about the difference between temperature and heat? So I put this in because, you know, as 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 people have written in asking, they, they want us to, you know, have the Science Corner segment mm-hmm. of the show. And so we're going to oblige after receiving so many emails about it. Uh, well, no, here here's something that's interesting to me. I didn't really know there was a difference between heat and like temperature i understood that uh, to me temperature seemed like it was kind of a measurement of heat yeah um but that's there is a difference and so i read this as as there were some announcements that came out we have we are going to be nasa is going to be sending up something called the parker solar probe bill parker that mother scratcher <laughs> and uh and it is going to go to the sun 
and deeper into the solar atmosphere than ever before, than anything ever has that we've, that's man-made that we have ever sent out there. And so um, here's the analogy in this great article, which is a a site that I didn't know existed before called Space Daily. And uh, it says, if the earth was at one end of a yardstick and the sun was at the other, the Parker Solar Probe will make it to within four inches of the solar surface. Jiminy Christmas. That is the corona, is the that part of the sun and it's they're they're wanting to understand like how does the sun really work there's a lot i guess that we don't know and that <laughs> we we want to learn and um it's going to be not at that at that section of the atmosphere around the sun i guess you call it an atmosphere uh it will be traveling through the corona and there's material in the corona it's not just hot there there's actually like material that can be greater than a million degrees fahrenheit that's a lot of fahrenheit yeah so what they did is they came up with this heat shield that uh i i find it funny that it's called the the tps because i think of tps reports yeah but it stands for thermal to come in on saturday thermal yeah i'm gonna need you go ahead uh, thermal protection system is what it stands for but the tps uh protects it and uh, that, but that only protects like some of the parts of the the satellite ship thing. It doesn't protect all of it. And so I was I'm reading this article. I'm like, still, that doesn't make sense. But here's what they say in the in the article. And I thought this was fascinating. I just wanted to share it. So I'm going to read some of it. Yeah. It says one key to understanding what keeps the spacecraft and its instruments safe is understanding the concept of heat versus temperature. Counterintuitively. High temperatures do not always translate to actually heating another object. In space, the temperature can be thousands of degrees without providing significant heat to a given object or feeling hot. Why? Temperature measures how fast particles are moving, whereas heat measures the total amount of energy that they transfer. And and that's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Particles... I would have to be thinking about that one for a while. Particles may be moving fast, high temperature... But if there are very few of them, they won't transfer much energy, low heat. Uh Since space is mostly empty, there are very few particles that can transfer energy to the spacecraft. The corona through which Parker Solar Probe flies, for example, has an extremely high temperature but very low density. Think of the difference between putting your hand in a hot oven versus putting it in a pot of boiling water. And they say, don't try this at home. In the oven, your hand can withstand significantly hotter temperatures for longer than in the water, where it has to interact with many more particles. Similarly, compared to the visible surface of the sun, the corona is less dense, so the spacecraft interacts with fewer hot particles and doesn't receive as much heat. That means while the Parker Solar Probe will be traveling through a space with temperatures of several million degrees, the surface of the heat shield that faces the sun will only get heated to about 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which is 1,400 degrees Celsius. I was going to say. And, and behind that heat shield, uh, apparently the spacecraft body will be at 85 degrees Fahrenheit and 30 degrees Celsius. I just thought this was absolutely fascinating. This is one of those things like learning sous vide, <laughs> right, where like, right. it upsets my whole idea about how something in physics works. Right. I realized that I never really understood it before, right. and so I understand it even less now. But like... You can stick, you know, I, I get the toast out of the oven, out of the toaster oven in the morning, and it, that's 350 degrees in there. And I can put my hand in there and 
pull the toast out. That's fine. Fine. I just, you know, I'm fine. But I, the idea of putting your hand in boiling water. No, mm-hmm. not even for one, one moment, never. And, and that's, surface area, that's right? why, yeah, it's the number of particles that you're interacting with air compared to water. It's just, I thought this was fascinating. It goes into much more detail, uh, in, in this. Uh, so if this is the kind of thing that's interesting, uh, well, and I don't want to take over your topic, but I did search Google for this and added the three top links to show notes. So you're welcome. Oh, let me, let me see what is that? Oh, it's all in there. It's all in there. Yeah. You got Khan Academy. Khan! Ah, heat versus Khan! temperature, heat and temperature. Uh, but yes, I mean, I think this would be, uh, is fascinating. And, and, uh, and I don't know, maybe I've just been thinking about space more because every night I've been watching the original Star Trek with my son. And now we have just last night finished pretty much all of the original series and we've moved on to star trek next generation now uh which i was shocked at how bizarre the farpoint station episode the first episode of the next generation how bizarre that episode is and how unlike I've, I've every other it, one i don't of remember them. i didn't remember it at all uh and it's it's incredibly weird and bizarre and the characters are like protoforms of themselves. They're not like who they are yet. And it's right, everyone right, looks right. younger and weird. And uh, I don't know. It's uh, weird. I want to find a link real quick from um, my very good friend, Max Tempkin, who sometimes does the coolest things to help everybody out. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Put it in show notes. Star Trek, the next generation in 40 hours. So he basically goes through, he is a super duper Star Trek fan and he did, does these great guides. He did one on next generation. He did one on deep space nine and basically goes through like his, his serving suggestions for like what you can skip and what you can definitely not miss if you want to get into these shows, but can't watch every single one of them. We've been having a space thing too. My daughter has, I love the movie arrival. My daughter loves the movie arrival. We just rewatched interstellar the other night. We're having a big space thing right now. It's such an interesting topic. Like when you really open up your mind and think about the space thing. Yeah. Of course, this week we're having the 49th anniversary of landing on the moon, mm-hmm. supposedly. And uh, yeah, as, really as if we did that. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. There's a reason that guy's dead. He staged it. You just summed up right. everything I think about. Yeah. Watch. Watch the. Uh, watch. Watch the uh, water. Storm is coming. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rupert Murdoch. The Jews. Moon. June, you getting this? Yes. Yeah. Q hasn't dropped anything since July 4th. People are getting very concerned. Has, hasn't been a breadcrumb drop in a while. No, I'm now. still I'm still thinking about the, um, the Apollo mission stuff in The Shining. Well, it's all in there. I know. Just search Twitter. All the facts are in there. Are. You get the Morgellons and the chemtrails, faking the moon landing, make America great again. I'm proud to be an American where at least the moon walks faked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's button this up. All I right. love you. Love you too, Merlin man. Good night, everybody. <laughs>